Good evening. At Christmas time, every home takes on a special beauty, a special warmth. And that's certainly true of the White House, where so many famous Americans have spent their Christmases over the years. This fine old home, the People's House, has seen so much, been so much a part of all our lives and history. G.K. Chesterton once said that the world would never starve for wonders, but only for the want of wonder. At this special time of year, we all renew our sense of wonder in recalling the story of the first Christmas in Bethlehem nearly 2,000 years ago. Some celebrate Christmas as the birthday of a great and good philosopher and teacher. Others of us believe in the divinity of the child born in Bethlehem, that he was and is the promised Prince of Peace. Yes, we've questioned why he who could perform miracles chose to come among us as a helpless babe. But maybe that was his first miracle, his first great lesson, that we should learn to care for one another. Tonight, in millions of American homes, the glow of the Christmas tree is a reflection of the love Jesus taught us. Like the shepherds and wise men of that first Christmas, we Americans have always tried to follow a higher light, a star, if you will. At lonely campfire vigils along the frontier, in the darkest days of the Great Depression, through war and peace, the twin beacons of faith and freedom have brightened the American sky. At times, our footsteps may have faltered, but trusting in God's help, we've never lost our way. Just across the way from the White House stand the two great emblems of the holiday season, a menorah symbolizing the Jewish festival of Hanukkah and the national Christmas tree, a beautiful towering blue spruce from Pennsylvania. Like the national Christmas tree, our country is a living, growing thing planted in rich American soil. Only our devoted care can bring it to full flower. So let this holiday season be for us a time of rededication. Christmas means so much because of one special child. But Christmas also reminds us that all children are special, that they are gifts from God, gifts beyond price that mean more than any presents money can buy. In their love and laughter, in our hopes for their future, lies the true meaning of Christmas. So, in a spirit of gratitude for what we've been able to achieve together over the past year, and looking forward to all that we hope to achieve together in the years ahead, Nancy and I want to wish you all the best of holiday seasons. As Charles Dickens, who said so well in A Christmas Carol, God bless us, everyone. Good night. Ronald Reagan, everybody. Thank you, Ronald, from coming down, for coming down from heaven and appearing on the Rookie Marican show and showing us what Christmas is truly about. Listen, I have an amazing show for you. My name is Lisa Carter. Welcome to the Rookie Marican show. Uh, these are my favorite shows, the debunking shows, the ones that people kind of like to argue over in the comments. It's the light of my life when people go at it with each other. And uh, the reason why is because I have removed myself from that because you know what? If you decide to go at it in the comments over uh, debunking and you know the conspiracy theories that really have come true in the last two years, welcome to the lion's den. 
you have subjected yourself to insults and <laughs> and further comments. Listen, today we are going to debunk whether Christian uh, Christians uh, Christmas is a pagan holiday. Uh, has pagan traditions. We're going to talk about Santa and we're going to talk about how Christmas came to America. It's going to be good. This is my favorite debunking series, debunking whether Christmas has pagan traditions or not. And listen, I'm with you. I've been where you have been. I have done my digging. I have gone down that rabbit hole so deep that it was very, very difficult to get out of it. And you know what? I've come to a place in my life where I not only want to know the original intent of the things that we celebrate, the holidays that we celebrate, but I also want to know, what does God want me to do with this? What should I celebrate? What shouldn't I celebrate? Because listen, I have a daughter. I want to make sure that she is well informed. She's only six, but I have this kid reading Tuttle Twins uh, right now. I want her to know the original intent of the reason why we do things. I have always operated that like that in my life. And listen, I'm not going to be able to get into all of the details today. I only have 26 minutes with you. Um, I have tried to squeeze everything in before, which really should be two-part shows, but I'm going to summarize for you and give you the resources as to where you can find this information. All right, let's go. Christmas. The origination of not so much Christmas, but the day, the, the day December 25th does have pagan roots, okay? And I'm going to explain why. Back in the, uh, well, let's, let's talk about what the characteristics of pagans are. And it's really a follower of polyistic religion on ancient Rome outside of the patriarch of Abraham. So like outside of, it would be Islam, Christianity, and Judaism. So outside of those three, there would be cultish practices that were performed. And so um, a lot of people, what irks, and, and listen, I, I totally understand where you guys are coming from. I have the same information that you guys have. Yes, we know that Jesus wasn't born on the 25th, but I'm going to explain to you why it, we celebrate Christmas on the 25th. And <clears throat> back in the third century, when Rome hadn't yet, uh, observed Christianity or they hadn't taken it on, um, they actually, the 25th was like the winter solstice, basically marking the day of the longest day of the year. And so during that time, the pagans had two major holidays where they would do their worship to their god or essentially Satan. One was Easter, where they would celebrate basically the worship of their god of fertility where they would have these crazy orgies um and they would make sure they, i mean they would rape people and they would make sure that they would have babies so that they could sacrifice them on the 25th to the god of light so that original day for pagans was significant okay stay with me here okay 
in the Bible, in the Old Testament, uh, mostly in the Old Testament, when God told people, hey, listen, I want you to take that land. But when you take that land, I also want you to burn all of their statues, all of their idols. You are to burn everything and start fresh. You can't take anything of theirs. And sometimes God was like, you know what? You can take their wealth, but burn all the idols. Okay. So that happened all throughout the Bible. There was never, a t well, there were a few times when somebody did take something and they try to do it a lo escondido. Um, what's that word in English? Secretly. And they, God punished them for it. And so there were consequences to that. So in the New Testament, when Luke went to Rome and he went to preach the gospel in Rome, that's where the pagans were. And what they did was they didn't get rid of all of their idols there. And Christianity and pagans mixed, which is where you get Roman Catholicism from. So if you go into a Roman Catholic church today, you do see statues of the Virgin Mary and statues of other saints um, that they do bow down to. And so that's a product of all of that history from back in the day. So what the Roman Catholics were trying to do is they said, listen, how can we get pagans to become Christians? And at the time they said, well, December 25th is a significant day for them. Let's make that the day that we celebrate Christ's birth to make it easy for them. Okay. So that's where December 25th comes from. The original, you know, they, they tried to get, they tried to convert the pagans and they said, Hey, let's, let's just keep it that same day, but we're going to recognize the birth of the savior. That is how December 25th had come into place. I remember walking with uh, my daughter and she had a friend with her and um, her mom is super, super informative about these rabbit holes and, you know, Easter and, and Christmas and the original intent behind these things. Um, but sometimes these things can go to an extreme where you're just like, everything is demonic. Like there's Christians that's like, you know, that's demonic. This is demonic. Oh, I have, I feel a demonic presence. And it's one thing if you actually have the spirit of, uh, what is the spirit? Uh, when you can sense, uh, discernment, uh, but it's another when you blame everything on demons and evil, sometimes things are just the way that they are. And I remember her saying, you know, my daughter had seen Santa and I had an agreement with my husband that I would say, I'm not going to lie to her and tell her that, you know, Santa exists, but I will say that he did want to get exist. So when she asked me, mommy, you know, is Santa real? I just kind of like, like divert. And I'm like, well, he was, he was real. Yeah. At one point. And so um, we had seen a Santa and the little girl goes, oh, that's demonic. <laughs> and there's a lot of different ways that you can take that. They could say, oh, well, obviously it's Santa. The name Santa, if you mix the letters, it's Satan. Um, you know, and uh, oh, it's, it's just that people worship, people learn to worship Santa. And so that's where, you know, that's where we actually have to tread lightly when it comes to calling every single thing demonic. Because if you look at it from a surface level, God actually, not God, but Santa, um, you know, even in the songs where he's like, you know, he's making a list, checking it twice. He's trying to find out if you're good or bad, you know, naughty or nice. Um, Satan is bad and God is good. I'm not equating Santa to God, but I'm just saying if Santa was really Satan, 
then why would he be advocating that children do good? Okay, for, first of all. Um, second of all, if, uh, if the words uh, are really mixed, we can also take that word Santa and, and, you know, which in Italian was originally supposed to be Saint, which is Santo. Uh, so really the dude's name is supposed to be Santo, not Santa for Saint Nicholas or Santo Nicola. Um, and, you know, you, you, th those are the things that you, that's surface level when you look at, at Santa. Okay. So he's advocating kids to do good. Um, another thing is the worship. Now people are quick to be like, oh, you know, we worship NFL games. You know, we worship, we worship the presence under the tree, but they forget like what, what does worship really mean? Worship means to bow down. Like when a guy in the Old Testament, somebody would have to go get a tree or go get a piece of gold, carve out a, a um, they would carve out an idol and they would go around it and they would worship it. Okay. So worship is a specific behavior there's there's specific uh actions that you take to worship something uh you know you're singing to it you are um praising to it you are you know like i said you're uh, walking around um you are you are giving it offerings uh so that is what worship is in the bible and i think people just have a tendency to just throw that word around and saying, oh, we're worshiping Netflix, we're worshiping TV, we're worshiping food. And I think that word needs to really be uh, dissected and replaced for prioritized. You know, we're prioritizing social media, we're prioritizing food, uh, you know, we're prioritizing uh, the gifts instead of, you know, the real meaning behind or the original intent behind Christmas itself. And so it's not so much that we're worshiping Saint Nick or, you know, maybe we're just prioritizing it uh, in, an, in an effort to use to get better behavior out of our children, which is probably, you know, what most people do, unfortunately, in America. And so I also, I want to stay on that uh, Santa because what I found, the information on Saint Nick that I found is actually super interesting uh, where, you know, I, I, I would always say, oh, I'm, I'm never going to tell my child about Santa, but I really believe that the history behind him is super important. And so, you know, back in AD 325, um, there was a guy whose name was Nicholas uh, and he in Turkey, he was part of the Council of Lycea. Uh, he was a devout Christian and his parents had were super wealthy. They had died. They have left him a bunch of money. And he was actually very, very generous, particularly to the children in his community. And so there was a gentleman who was, his name was Bishop Arios. Uh, and he had, was spreading at the time a bad doctrine that Jesus was less than God and that he wasn't part of the Trinity. And so this dude, St. Nick, took that to heart because he was a devout Christian and understood that bad doctrine, I mean, there's bad doctrine all over America right now, but at, during this time, the bad doctrine was really trying to remove um, Jesus from that. And so that he was just a mere man. And this dude took it to heart and he went at it with this guy. I mean, he, there's, there's uh, historical 
uh, documentation that says that he struck him in the face, you know, that he fought this guy for spreading the bad doctrine. And so uh, that he, at the time, this guy was a bishop and the group had taken the title bishop away from him for getting basically in an altercation with this dude who was spreading bad doctrine. And the, but the people loved him so much because he was so generous that they gave him uh, the title back to him. Um, and he actually ended up becoming sainted. And throughout time, his name and his story got spread throughout different countries, giving him different names like Père Noël um, in France or, you know, in, in Netherlands and Norway. They all had uh, different names for him. And then that story coming to the United States, the United States. And so that is literally the original story behind Santa Claus, where if it wasn't for him, where actually because of that, it became part of the Nicene Creed, which is taught in uh, Catholic churches today about the Trinity. And so if it wasn't for St. Nicholas or that dude, we probably wouldn't know today that Jesus was equal to God or that he was the son of God and that he was nothing less than that. We, we, it would be, a, it wouldn't be a, a Trinity. It would be a double. Like we would be, <laughs> we would be believing in the double. He kept that together. So there's a, there's a lot of, from a Christian perspective, there's a lot of significance behind Santa. And that is what he needs. That's the story that we need to tell our children, that he is the one that kept the, tr the Trinity together. Uh, he may not have gone about it, you know, the way that, uh, the lukewarm Christians today would have gone about it by, you know, just saying a a very soft tone uh, rebuttal. He went at it with this dude. But you know what? It was necessary at the time because I'm sure he did not spread bad doctrine after that, which is what we know today as the Trinity. So those are those are historical pieces that we do during this time if you do talk about santa claus yeah okay maybe you do t tell your children that he brings you gifts but under but tell them the significance behind um behind that now in the united states this is such an interesting uh this is probably one of the most interesting uh pieces of history that i love i like i can't wait to tell you about so when the pilgrims came to Massachusetts, and if you haven't listened to my podcast or my show um, on uh, the pilgrims, like the truth about pilgrims from like a year or two ago, go back and listen to it. It's really good. But this is so interesting. So when the pilgrims came to the north, one of the things that they vowed was that they would never celebrate Christmas. And the reason why is because back in England, it was part of the tyrannical government. And over there, when anytime at the royalty did anything, it was very grandiose. It was big. There was gold everywhere. There were parties. Everything was very elaborate. And the pure, the pilgrim said, you know what? We don't want anything to do with our past government that we came from, especially the celebration of Christmas in that way. They still acknowledged Christ's birth, but they refused to celebrate it that way because they wanted nothing to do with the tyrannical government. And when they developed churches in the North, the churches 
they would make sure that the pe- the churches were very simple, um, that the people, when they would come, they would come in like solid colors, like they weren't being dressed like extravagantly. Uh, they were, they wanted to come simply because they wanted the focus to be on, on Christ, not themselves. And now when you look at down South, like when John Smith came, um, those guys celebrated Christmas all day long. They loved Christmas and they were very elaborate about it. They celebrated it in churches. And so what Massachusetts became to be or the Northeast became to be was um, Catholics, Episcopalians, and then down South was like Baptists, like those kinds of denominations. And so not only did they have at, you know, as time went on, not only did they have the differences in slavery, like the mentality in slavery, one was pro-slavery because of socialism and the other was anti-slavery, but one was also anti-Christmas and the other was pro-Christmas. And the that was also known as high church and low church. And so they they wanted to make sure that when they when they united all of the states, you know, we need to get all of the states united on this common idea. And in Massachusetts, I believe it was like in 1870 if or prior to 1870 if you went to public school which the original intention of public school was to teach people the bible not anything else um to prevent socialized government future in the future but you know if you had gone to school and you had celebrated christmas they would expel you that's how that's how bad they detested their government or the government that they came from so in 1870, they actually federalized Christmas in an effort to unite the states and say, you know what, we we want to sell. You can celebrate it your way, but we want to celebrate uh, Christmas altogether. And the first person to celebrate Christmas in the White House was George Washington because he was from Virginia. And he comes from that Baptist-ish background down south. Now, uh, the following presidents, like uh, John Hancock, who was from uh, Massachusetts, was John Hancock? Is that right? I have to verify. But the people that became presidents that were from the north, they didn't celebrate Christmas in the White House at all. So, you know, they all could celebrate freely if they wanted to. But that was... That was the original intent behind Christmas. And what's interesting is that people can say, you know, well, you know the original intent behind Halloween and you know the original intent behind December 25th. Why would you continue to celebrate Christmas on that day? You know what? That's a good question. Not all of the world celebrates Christmas on December 25th. And the Latin countries, they celebrate Christmas January 6th. Originally, the celebration of the birth of Christ was on Three Kings Day, Dia de los Reyes, which is like my favorite day ever. I love teaching my daughter this. And traditionally in Puerto Rico, what we do is we take a little box, a shoe box, we put some grass in it. We used to do this in Puerto Rico. We did it here too. And then we take another little bowl, we put water in it and we put it under the tree and we simulate the, you know, the camels come in and you get one gift and then the you take the grass and you put it all over the floor you put drippings of the water on the floor and that was your gift the camels came in to give you a gift and that was a representation of when the three kings came to bring jesus's gifts uh to the to when he was born 
Uh, and so you can also look at the tree. Uh, for example, you know, a lot of people have trees. Uh, Three Kings Day, they also have trees. And many people can say, you know what, well, what about the tree? You know, we sit and we worship the tree. First of all, I have a tree. I don't worship my tree. It's there for decoration. But when you look at the original intent of trees, first, God made the trees. The pagans can't have that. Pagans can't have everything. God made the trees. He's the one that would have them put them in the temples in the Old Testament when he would say, this is how I want you strategically by design to put my temple up. And I also want you to put trees up and decorate them. So that was God's original idea anyway. And when we put the star on there, it's to symbolize the star that the three kings followed to find Jesus. So, you know, you can... You can take it however you want. You can say, you know what? It, it is, it, it is, a, it, Lisette, you know what? I don't really care what you say. It's a pagan holiday and, you know, people worship it. Yes, but it's important that you tell people this is the original intent behind Christmas to put Christ, to remember Christ's birth and nothing else. If you don't, if you're uncomfortable, like I, I feel like my husband's uncomfortable with the idea of celebrating it on the 25th, uh, even though the Roman Catholics tried to push the, that paganism out. Well, listen, let's do it on Three Kings Day. You, As long as you keep Christ in the middle of it and you tell your kid, and I tell my kid this all the time, it's not about Santa. What is it about? And she'll say, it's about the birth of Jesus because that is significant. That is the best gift that God has given us to redeem, to redeem the people so that we don't fall away in, in hell. He, he sacrificed his only son for us. And this is the time for us to celebrate that. It is the time for us to remember that. And listen, if you have maybe a bad experience during this time, or maybe uh, a family member, uh, you know, died during this time and it makes you sad, just remember, this is, this is a time to remember Christ coming uh, as, as, as a human to, re to redeem us, to, to save us from the pit of hell, to save us from the, the crap that Adam did in the beginning of time. He was the first Adam. Jesus was the last Adam. And so we have to keep the focus. Yes, I, the gifts, if it's too much about gifts, take your kids on a trip. You know what I'm saying? People like, I, we did this a couple years ago. We were like, these kids don't remember anything that we got them. Half the stuff is crap anyway. So you know what? Let's go take them on a trip and they'll remember it forever. And they do. They still talk about the trips that we took them on because it's about the, the gift that God has given you, not only in Jesus, but the gift of children that he has given us, the gift of life, the, the, the breath in our lungs that he had breathed into us in order for us to live. That is, the, it is a gift. And you know what? This, this Christmas, I said, I have friends that don't celebrate Christmas and they're Christians and that's fine. But I, I said this Christmas for me personally, when I, I'm praying to God, it sits right with me. I'm excited about it. I went all out. I had a huge Christmas party and I had these cookies made that said, hey, bro, it's my birthday and a picture of Jesus on it. Because I wanted people to remember it's not about the pasteles. It's not about the coquito. It's not about the gifts. It's not about the games that we play. It's about the birth of Christ. And we are here to celebrate. It's okay to celebrate. You know how many parties they had in the Old and the New Testament? Do you know all the things? These guys in the New Testament, they went to jail to, to, they were, they wrote most of those letters in jail. The government did not like them to spread the good news that Jesus came and he was born for us and he died on the cross for us. So listen, Feliz Navidad. 
Feliz Navidad. Merry Christmas. Listen, if you've heard this message and maybe you're stuck and you're like, yeah, but you know what? It's a it's a pagan. I hear this all the time and I hear it from non-Christians, which is really weird. It's a pagan holiday. Look at your Bible. Look at the other things in your life that <laughs> you need to be working on instead of focusing on pagan holidays. Focus on the authority that you have on Christ. Focus on making yourself holy and acceptable unto God. Focus on your finances because the major the number one number one thing in 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 the Bible that God talks about is finance. He's a businessman. He wants he wants to make sure that you are running, you are taking care of business at home with your finances so that you can expand the kingdom of God. There are so many things in here that he wants to wipe clean from you. He wants to wipe your sins away. If this is the time of sorrow for you, say no more. That is exactly where Satan wants you to be. On the very time, during the very time, doesn't matter what date it is, that you should be celebrating the Christ of birth. The fact that you're in a corner crying about something is exactly what Satan wants you to do. He wants you to be idle. He wants you to be sad. He wants you to be depressed. You know, God doesn't like, uh, Satan doesn't like joy. He doesn't, he doesn't want you to be joyful. So think about that. Anytime that you have a, a thought that goes through your mind that is of depression or sadness or anxiety, that doesn't come from God. That comes directly from Satan. And there's a battle right now that you need to be prepared for spiritually. You need to be prepared for those battles that are uh, that are mental battles and say, you know what? No more. Get out. I rebuke you. You have authority over the devil in Jesus' name. We have authority over the pagans in Jesus' name. This is our holiday. We're going to take that back. This is not, This you can't just, you can't take everything out here in, 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 in America. And it said that Christmas was, the purpose of Christmas was that the principles were brought Jesus's principles were brought to the world and 4th of July is when Jesus's principles were brought to America. So listen, if this you feel some type of way today and listen, I, I want to make sure that you get to heaven. I want to make sure that when you lay your head at night, you absolutely know without a doubt that you are going to heaven um, and that you, you maybe, you're, maybe you're unsure. I want to help you get there. The Bible says that when you accept Christ into your heart as your Lord and Savior, that you will go to heaven when you do it verbally. So allow me to help you with that. You will become a new creation um, in Christ. And it's time to get spiritually strong. 2023 is not for the weak. You saw the last two years? That, that, that has had to impact somebody, okay? So if that is you today, pray this prayer with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I confess my sins. I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ was born and died on the cross for me. I confess with my mouth that he rose from the dead and that he is my Lord and Savior. I am a blood-washed, spirit-filled Christian in Jesus' name. That's it. Welcome to the family. Merry Christmas. Listen, go to rookierevival.com. Get yourself a free Bible. Just put your information on there. I teach you how to read it. I have information on there on how what's the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Um, and also, you have to get yourself spiritually right. Just because you're a Christian today doesn't mean that the devil's going to stop messing with you. You have to learn how to use your sword. This is your sword. This is how you fight. There's, in Romans, it talks about the, the armor of God that you need. You need the shield of faith. You need the helmet the sal of salvation. There's, there's a belt buckle of truth. Oh, wow. I can't believe I know that. 
that's crazy. It's because I read it. So, you know, and then it says the sword, the sword is the word of God. If you look at that in spiritual eyes, which I've had a friend who said, I had a dream that Satan was firing arrows at me and out of my mouth came two double-edged swords and blocked those block those arrows. This is a real fight that we're having in the spiritual and you need to be ready. The word of God is alive and it's for you and it's for you to be clean. It's for you to prosper and have authority over the devil. There's a purpose for your life. Go get it. Nobody's going to give it to you. Go get it. Merry Christmas. Thank you, Ronald Reagan, again, for appearing on my show. I really appreciate it. I hope to see you in heaven and give you some daps. Uh, but you know what? In 2023, this is your year. You're clean. This is your year to say, you know what, devil? Enough as in, is enough. That's it. That's it. Merry Christmas, everybody. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Do, 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 do.